0: Welcome to the Social Pros Podcast, the Content Marketing Awards winner for Best Marketing Podcast. This is where we shine the spotlight on real people doing real work in social media and learn the social secrets of the world's most interesting brands. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, social media strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince & Convert makes your social better. Emma, which provides innovative email marketing tools that drive brilliant results. Salesforce Marketing Cloud, inspiring one-to-one connections with your customers with integrated solutions for social, mobile, email, web, and advertising. And by Yext, the global location data management center helping companies of all sizes manage their business listings across their website, apps, and 100 plus publishers, including Google, Apple Maps, Facebook, Bing, and Yahoo. Your Social Pros co-hosts are Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud and Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. Ready? Let's get to work.
1: Welcome everybody to Social Pros the podcast for real people doing real work in social media. I am as always Jay Bear from Convince and Convert, joined per the usual by my man, my special Texas friend, the man the myth the legend, the senior executive strategist, bartender Glad hander man about town at Salesforce Marketing Cloud, the one, the only Mr. Adam
2: Brown. Jay, it's it's always great to be introduced uh, by you, um, and you know you're actually getting the wonderful opportunity today to speak to two Texans, which is uh, which is surprising. I had a chance, Jay, before right before we we started recording here to talk to uh, to our guests a little bit, and we were talking about something. We were talking about Texas, of course, but the second thing we were talking about, which I think is very germane to our show is the idea of really loving what you do.
1: And Jay, I know you, you actually talk about that in some of your books. Hey man, I would do this for free. Uh, I'm glad I don't have to, but I would. Uh absolutely. Like this is this is the best job uh, ever. Um, you know, traveling around, giving speeches, writing books, and doing podcasts does not suck. Uh, it's way better than mining coal, among mm-hmm. other
2: things. I completely agree. That's a big thing. And I think most of us who are in this industry are that way. We love what we do. Um, and we're passionate about social media where most of us do not turn social media off you know, at six or seven o'clock at night when we yeah. kind of close the proverbial laptop. We're continuing to, to do it. But I, I, I love that <laughs> passion and I love what we do. Oh, oh, oh
1: yeah, what? Argument? No, what? No, no, it's just what's funny is that, like the things that we complain about... <laughs> Like decline of organic reach. Right. And then people are like, bro, your job is like dicking around on Facebook for yeah. a living. Like, I think it's going to be okay. Um, as, as I always tell people, uh, there's no such thing as a social media emergency. Right. Yeah, that's right. It's everything in perspective, my friend, everything it's, in perspective. It's gonna be fine. The thing about Texas I've discovered is the thing that people from Texas like to do the most is to talk about Texas. Um, I think it's because it used to be a country, as they, as they will tell you mm-hmm. proudly. Uh, I have uh, multiple nieces and nephews, four to be exact, who live in Austin, not too far from you. Right. Uh, and I know you are, are not from Texas originally, but as I understand it, those kids get taught like Texas history class starts in like first grade. <laughs>
2: Yeah. And it, it begins with the, uh, you, you being able to be given a rifle, a cowboy hat and some boots. So I think yes. that is part of the indoctr- indoctrination process in either pre-K or kindergarten. I'm not sure there, there's been some changes.
1: My nephew Tyler, uh, said to his mom, my sister-in-law, Hey, for Easter, can we go to the Alamo? Cause we're studying that in class and I really want to see it. And he's like six. Wow. And I'm like, man, they, are, they, are, they don't want anybody leaving leave in Texas ever. Now, well, it's, it's so
2: big, it's very hard to, as I've, I've discovered over <laughs> the 60s. It takes years. a long
1: way. <laughs> on, you know, on foot or via car, it's a long way to get out of Texas. So you got to really want to. I've discovered that firsthand. Now, here's what's interesting about today's guest. He lives in Texas. But his products and services come from a foreign land, come from the world of anime. It is our friend, who's the Senior Director of Fan Engagement at Funimation, it is Mr. Eric Swain. Eric, thanks so much for being on Social Pros.
3: Oh, thank you. This is a great opportunity. I've loved this podcast for a long time. Uh, you are the
1: man. So... Folks at home, you have an interesting business because uh, Funimation is sort of the umbrella brand and you've got multiple specific brands underneath it. Why don't you set this up for people who are listening to social Force, kind of give them a sense of what Funimation does and all the sort of different tentacles of uh, of your brands.
3: Sure. Funimation is the largest importer of anime in North America. Uh, We bring titles from our partners in Japan and then distribute them in the U.S. and Canada. And actually, we're soon to be launching the U.K., um, Funimation is owned by Group 1200 Media, uh, and that includes some other arms that deal with uh, live-action content, um, as well as originally produced entertainment. But Funimation is far and lar- far and away the largest uh, focus of that company.
1: So why would you need an importer of anime why don't the manufacturers the creators of anime just bring it to the states the way we gladly uh spread hollywood movies all over the world
3: yeah it's interesting um we if you look at how anime started coming to the U.S. way back in the day before streaming or even DVDs were a thing, and we waited on crusty VHS tapes, we had to have someone to physically create the media and get it to the United States and to take on that risk, honestly. Um, and that started with our founder, Gen Fukunaga, bringing Dragon Ball Z to the U.S. for the first time. Which back then, if you can believe it, was not the powerhouse that it was and is now, Hmm. uh, and is not the cultural touchstone that it is now. So uh, from there, he just started bringing in other titles uh, to the U.S. Well, fast forward to today, and the landscape for anime is wildly different. Um, Not only are there multiple players in the space, but streaming has become so much more prevalent. Um, We have our own streaming service called Funimation now. And then we also partner with companies like Hulu and Netflix to distribute content as well. So I think our value really has shifted from just being a maker of tapes to a curator and custodian of brands. Uh, We bring these enormous cultural brands like uh, Dragon Ball Z and Attack on Titan and Tokyo Ghoul and Full Metal Alchemist. We bring those to the US and we are trying no less than to create cultural movements around these brands.
1: Because we live in, in sort of a borderless society now in a lot of ways, where where Facebook knows no bounds and, and nor does uh, Twitter or Snapchat or anything else, is there sometimes conflict or intersection points between what you're doing as the as the US arm of these anime brands and properties versus what's happening in Japan or Canada or Mexico or somewhere else Australia, somewhere else around the world that's not under your control?
3: Sure. Um, Rights management and, you know, marketing management um, depends on the license we have with each individual title. And we have over 400 titles under management now. Wow. So you can imagine that gets a little hairy. But um, with each partner, we're working with them uh, to define what can we do, what can't we do. And really trying to have a conversation about how we're going to take that property and give it the best possible experience we can and bring it to the best possible fans we can. Um, And in a lot of cases where there's a global property, we're actually partnering with other entities um, that are managing that property in other countries. Um, Or as you'll see in 2016, we're expanding to new countries like the UK. It's
1: exciting. And your team on the social side is is significant, you're like what, 12, 13 people, something like that. Um, what, what is sort of the, the the theoretical role of social? Why, why are you active there? Uh, clearly, you're in a business where people like to talk about their passions, and it's a it's a major hobby and, and in some cases an obsession for many of your customers. And so it stands to reason that they want to interact with you in social and with one another. But from a sort of business objectives perspective, what, what, is, the, uh, what is the calling card for social at Funimation?
3: Sure. Well, and it's a, a hobby and obsession for myself too. You talk about love what you do. This was something I enjoyed before I started at Funimation. So I was gonna,
1: you know, I was gonna ask you about that. <laughs> you know, I thought that like if you weren't super into this already, if you weren't super anime nerd to begin with, this would be a very hard company to work for.
3: Yeah, you know, I like to say that uh, I was a fan before. And now that I'm here, my fandom has been put to shame by some of my colleagues that are way bigger than I am uh, in their fandom. Uh, but I also say more importantly, my wife is an anime fan. So that's crucial for having yes. a successful job. Yes. Here. yes,
1: well done. We really should have made this the cosplay episode of Social Pros. And, and Adam and I should have been <laughs> dressing up as our fam- favorite uh, anime character. If anybody, if any of our many, 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 many thousands of listeners every week uh, send us a photo of them in some sort of anime cosplay, I will send you multiple copies of all of my books and we'll put it in the show notes. So uh, Jay at jbear.com let us know. Yeah, it is blab worthy perhaps for yeah that's we we should have done this on blab in costume <laughs> damn it adam the good ideas are always too late okay
3: so Eric, well, back to the back to the question to, about uh, about can go ahead anime back to that giveaway as well
1: absolutely a a funimation fun pack as it were <laughs> so so tell us about the team and how they're deployed and and sort of the the sort of key business drivers for for social
3: sure so fan engagement is actually a team that manages all of the touch points for where our brands meet our fans, uh, not just social media. So on my team is social media, paid media, PR, email, and conventions and events. Um, so, the social media team uh, specifically is run by Justin Rojas, who is an absolute rock star. He's amazingly good at being on camera, behind the camera, in front of our fans. Um, and his team uh, is full of incredible people that are able to work with fans at all levels of passion um, and to handle both our big announcements and sometimes our missteps even. Um, but we have an enormous responsibility to those fans. When we get a title in from Japan, we need to get it in the hands of fans um, and then also get the experience in the hands of our fans. So we do that across uh, the 38 conventions that we're gonna attend this year, the millions of emails that we send this year, uh, the PR outlets we work with, both anime-centric and non-anime-centric, um, and even the paid media that we that we do, we try to really illustrate those brands and, and curate them as best we can for our fans.
1: Back to in this world where video has become such a big part of what we're doing online, you know, in a way that that really just a handful of years ago would have been unthinkable. Now that you can stream on a phone without Wi-Fi and and you know micro video formats, Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter video, Facebook Live. I imagine even though that, you know, a lot of your anime content is longer form, right? It's a show, so to speak, um, that this ability to chop that up into very short snippets has just got to be an unbelievable opportunity for you.
3: Yeah, well, you look at um, our YouTube channel, for example, Um, our YouTube channel has over 1.5 million subscribers, which is really great. Uh, And it's powered a lot by the fact that we have anime on that channel um so in some cases we have full episodes of anime in some cases we have full series that you can watch for free on youtube um, but our most popular content on youtube is actually what's called the openings and endings so that's the song at the beginning of the show and the song at the end of the show which in anime is a really big deal and it's often that they'll get pop stars in anim- in japan to do those songs um and in many cases fans treat that as the soundtrack of their lives, that they want to watch these songs over and over again. So those bits of content are in some cases more important than the actual shows themselves.
1: That's amazing that the the individual snippets are are more powerful in some cases than the full episode. Have you seen an impact from Facebook video, um, given that you're so popular on YouTube?
3: Yeah, we're one of our big initiatives this year is to go more native with our video content. Um, So we did that with Twitter video. We are doing video in the native player uh, on Twitter. Um, And we have been doing that with Facebook for quite some time as well. With each video file that we upload, we get back to that question of uh, uh, rights management, where we have to make Mm. sure that each video platform can allow our video content to be seen in the countries that we specify so in some cases we're able to do that more than others in some cases we have to get creative so we do a weekly show on twitch uh, called double talk d-u-b-b-l-e talk because we talk about dubs um, and we do that every wednesday night um, on the actual show we don't put anime content uh, full episodes we only do clips here and there but the idea is kind of a talking dead. We have a block of dubs that air on our streaming service before that show. Our fans watch those episodes and then we come on Twitch to talk about those episodes at the end of the night and it
2: sounds like you you in a way kind of truly celebrate your fans using kind of the intellectual property of the anime kind of in their their own particular ways is are there are there kind of legal restrictions to the legal Eagles in Japan or here in the states? Have a little bit of sensitivity around this, or do they see the value of that—that that the promotion and passion that's being created, Eric?
3: So, saying up front, our, our fans are our business. We're not in business without our fans, and we can't express enough our appreciation to them. Um, legal world requires us to defend trademarks, so we have to be on both sides of this line. Um, I think we do a good job trying to find the middle. Uh, which means when we get a license, we are required to defend that license's trademarks, um, and we do so. Uh, But we also try to find as many ways as we can to partner with fans or with influencers or with creators to make content uh, based off of those shows. Uh, So it is kind of a duality there, but we try to find the happy middle where our fans get the chance to celebrate and work with this content. And then we do the same for them at cons, uh, anime conventions. um, We take photos of all the cosplay, which is costume uh, play for those that don't know. And we share them across all of our social channels because we want to celebrate the hard work these fans did in creating those costumes.
2: One thing I'm curious about is How you're leveraging or using, and if you are, kind of the 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 comments and thoughts of your fans. I'll I'll give you an example. Uh, Last year, I had the opportunity to work with a company that produces a lot of Indian soap operas. So, kind of the TV Bollywood, if you will. And they were wanting to use social media insights to listen in to what fans were saying, which characters did the fans like or dislike which storylines li- story were they most passionate about? and I'm curious if that same concept has found its way into anime from uh, you know from from again that the characters and the uh, the trademarks that that you're licensing and bringing over to the United States
3: so yes, absolutely. Um- First off, how we market the titles. So we uh, actually have partnered with Sysmos so that we can do that type of social analytics to see how our shows and how our initiatives are being accepted online and how fans are discussing those online. Um, We also do a lot of social ad spend. And what's fun about this is we're spending in not the usual places. We're also spending in Reddit and Tumblr to make sure that we give fans uh, in those spaces the content they want to share. Uh, One of our most popular Tumblr pieces, we did a series of Valentine cards around Valentine's Day um, and shared them on Tumblr. And fans went gaga over them. It was really great because they all have their favorite characters they fall in love with. Um, we also take into account how fans are reacting to the content we create, um, either by direct dialogue via one of our channels, or in some cases we'll bring that content into the marketing itself. Uh, we had a recent theatrical release called Boy and the Beast, uh, where we actually created, um, uh, image cards of reviews, quote unquote, from fans. So instead of a review from Variety Magazine or Anime News Network, we created reviews from fan quotes uh, because we wanted to show off what fans thought about the movie as well.
2: And I would guess the, the level of authenticity to that is probably even, even higher than, as you said, whether it came from The Hollywood Reporter or Vanity Fair or something, something like that. And, and to that point, Eric, my guess is that your fans are very sensitive around that authenticity around that genuineness feeling that you're, you're truly helping to present to them content. That's, that's not biased or manipulative in terms of trying to get them to convert, you know, whether it's that downloading the, the the next video or, or buying uh, a DVD or, or, or a book.
3: Yeah. Extremely. So, um, we can't, uh, BS them. (laughs) Their BS meter is extremely powerful. Um, But that's not even our attention. We want to create uh, experiences that bring this content to fans however they want it, whenever they want it. Uh, And that's the goal of our streaming service, but that's also why we still sell uh, Blu-rays and DVDs and why we sell merchandise uh, and why we bring movies to theaters. We want to create vehicles for this content wherever fans want to consume it. and more so we want to create uh, experiences around that content that are rewarding uh, so that we get fans involved with the content the chance that they can engage with that content like the valentine's cards i talked about so it's interesting that um, what we're doing is not necessarily trying to convince fans that a certain show is good or not we're trying to give fans that already think this show is good the most opportunity they have to consume that show and to celebrate that show.
2: That's great. That's a great distinction. I, I, I really I really like that. And, and let's talk about that a little bit. Obviously the, the the reason that the Funimation is in business is to, again, sell those blu-rays, sell the merchandise, sell uh, sell movies. And obviously that's going to be something that I'm sure you are you are measuring from a KPI standpoint. But my guess is there's probably a lot of steps kind of along that that sales or conversion path about building rapport, about building brand equity into perhaps a a new franchise that you're, you're bringing over from Japan. Talk a little bit about maybe those KPIs for the actual conversion, but also a lot of those kind of touch points that lead up to that actual sale or transaction, because I'm assuming both are very important to you.
3: Yeah, um, attribution is always been a buzzword in digital marketing, and for us it is even more so. Um, I, I like to sell, tell my team that we can make any type of marketing make sense for anime. You want to do wearables? Sure, we can make wearables make sense. You want to do local marketing? Sure, we can make local marketing make sense. Um, if we want to do a blimp in the sky, we can make that make sense. But we always have to come back to what's the attribution down to specific business goals, which in this case is driving subscribers for Funimation Now, uh, selling Blu-rays and DVDs, selling tickets to our movies, and selling merch on our store. So in all those cases, we try to have a balance between the attributable, uh, the directly attributable and the indirectly attributable. So directly attributable things are, are things like paid media. A lot of our paid media, we can tell the last click before it actually was um, a purchase. Uh, But then if you look at something like conventions, we're creating this awesome offline experience and we need to find ways to turn that into an online conversion. So we do a lot of email collection. We do a lot of promotion of specific codes and specific URLs. Um, And then also we just look at some correlations to see if we had a bunch of events running, such as we did during Easter weekend where we were at three cons at once on two different coasts. Did those drive anything? Did any needles move? Um, And how can we correlate those together? So uh, we try to keep a balance between the things that we know are really awesome. Uh, I like to say it's the things that I, as a fan, get really excited about. We try to have those crazy things, but also the necessary boring things, quote unquote, the things that um, are actually going to drive last click attribution. Uh, And we try to make all of them as extraordinary as possible. I
2: find it interesting that you mentioned email. And of course, that's near and dear uh, to my heart uh, at, sure. at Salesforce Marketing Cloud with, of course, our exact target acquisition. And I think it's a topic that a lot of social media professionals kind of gloss over. Because typically in an organization where they're doing a lot of email marketing, it sounds like that's that's true for, for, for years. But unlike you and your organization where you have email reporting into you, email is sometimes a, a separate group or a separate department. Talk a little bit about how you've kind of embedded email in and how you're using that to kind of maybe even get a, a larger kind of picture of your, your customer. Because again, when you can start to combine that email address with a, with a Twitter handle or a social account, you really do start to get a lot bigger and perhaps better picture of, uh, of that customer.
3: Well, sure, and I'll complete your plug by saying that we actually are a Salesforce customer. Uh, we recently migrated hey. onto Exact Target, so congratulations there. Thank you. Uh, but it was because we uh, we got in Salesforce and a lot of other tools because we wanted to have that complete picture. As you mentioned, it um, we are trying to immerse our fans in our brand from all these different touch points at once, um, and we want to understand which touchpoints our fans were interacting with. Did they come see us at a con? Um, Did they come to one of our panels at a convention? Uh, Did they see a banner ad? Did they open up one of our emails? Um, An email specifically, I think, is one of the most underrated platforms for digital markers these days. Um, We've seen one of these massive uh, influx of uh, email newsletters and so we're looking at that about how we can make our email content more uh, consumable and more uh, desirable. Um, but what I also encourage uh, my fellow marketers is that every single time we collect an email address, it's not just so we can send more emails. It's also so that we can have more efficient ad targeting because a lot of ad platforms are using email addresses as a targeting source mm-hmm. um, and also so that we can have more efficient uh, CRM so that we can know that person as an email address and then also through things like social sign-in which we're launching later uh, we can know them via Twitter or other platforms as well. So uh, email for us um, is one of those things I think is under tap that I hope we can really do more with in 2016.
1: Speaking of things you may be able to do more with, lots of talk in the last month or so, South by Southwest and beyond, uh, about VR. Is there a VR play for Funimation and its brands?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the things we have to do is we have to create uh, experiences within the boundaries of our rights that we have with our different licensees. Uh, or licensors, but then we also have to create something that's really attractive and original. So we're exploring every option. Um, Our CEO at CES mentioned that we're working on VR opportunities, um, and we're always trying to figure out how to create um, offline experiences, particularly at cons, that are amazing and digital and have this digital exhaust that we can use for online activities so vr is one of those places we're keeping an eye on very closely Um, we're looking at ways that our fans can access it um, and the ways we can partner with the studios in japan's to build on it
1: i can't wait to see what we come up with there it's so so ripe for uh for an immersive experience people are so fired up about it uh i really can't wait Uh, it's going to be exciting and the whole twitch thing too right actually let me i was going to go to commercials but let me ask you just quickly for people who are not familiar with Twitch, uh, you know, I've got teenagers at home, so, so it kind of forces you to be familiar with, man. I mean, talk about, talk about an under discussed powerhouse wow. in the rest of the world. Uh, you know, if you're, if you're in that side of the business, you, you certainly know about it, but the rest of the marketing world really doesn't even talk about it. Can you, can you describe for our listeners, um, sort of Twitch and just how enormous it really is?
3: Yeah. So I think, I need to actually back up and start with talking about when you try to reach an anime audience um, there isn't a media by called anime audience it's really hard (laughs) to find these specific people so what we need to do is find areas where they are and go where they are to share that content a lot of our anime fans are also gamers um, and they are very proud and very online gamers so twitch is A platform that started as a way for you to stream what you were playing Uh, and you can share with others in real time the games that you are playing and it's really grown far beyond that now you have people that consider themselves casters that they literally are their own media channels creating content and sometimes it's as simple as their face superimposed on the game they're playing as they talk about what they're playing and in some cases, it's full-on TV shows that are being broadcast on Twitch. Um, we have one of those shows. Now, if you go to twitch.tv slash Funimation, you'll be able to see some of that. Um, and then you can also see other uh, content creators that are really taking hold of Twitch in amazing ways, like uh, Geek & Sundry, uh, which I think is twitch.tv slash geek and a and Sundry. Uh, they're doing role-playing games, literally pencil and paper role-playing games on Twitch, Uh, Or Nerdist, where they're doing daily shows uh, about geek news on Twitch. Um, As you said, I think it is one of the most undertapped platforms, um, not necessarily for marketing, but for community building uh, and for community connection. So what's great about that Twitch show, Double Talk, is it becomes for us an anchor for a lot of other content. We atomize it, to use a J-Bear word. Um, We break it up into pieces and then share it on our YouTube channel. Uh, And then we also share the full episode uh, on Fridays after we record it on Wednesdays, but then we also share it as a podcast. So now you can listen to the double talk show if you want to via Stitcher, iTunes or whatever. So these uh, pieces of content, these temples of content for us become places where we can rally our community around. And then we can diversify that content to a lot of different channels all at once.
1: Uh, we definitely want to link some of that up in the show notes, too, so the people who haven't spent much time in there can uh, can dive in and see what we're talking about. Fantastic. Um, this week, uh, the Big Social Pros podcast brought to you by our friends at Salesforce Marketing Cloud, uh, who we talked about on the episode today, Adam's uh, team over there. They have a terrific free ebook that you should grab called Hashtag Winning at Social, Four Steps to Enhance Your Social Media Strategy, all about how to use uh, social media to map one-to-one customer journeys across all different Sides of the organization, top tier research, top tier uh, content, absolutely grab it. Go to convinceandconvert.com slash 27. That's convinceandconvert.com slash the number 27. Thanks as always to our friends from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. Uh, also, our friends at Yext uh, sponsor the podcast this week. Man, absolutely love what those guys are doing with their new power listings platform I actually did a demo of their new stuff just a couple of days ago, Friday it was, and man, it's so great. If you've got a business that has, you know, walls and a roof, right? If you've got a, 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 a business in the real world, you absolutely uh, have to, to get uh, the Yext uh, platform because like, let's say you are closed for a couple of hours on Easter, well, how are you going to let you know Google and Yelp and all these dozens, Foursquare, dozens and dozens and dozens of other platforms uh, that that are pull your data? And how are you going to let them know that you're closed for a couple hours? yext does that right you go into one database you make one change and boom instantaneously all the different uh sites have the correct data super amazing really easy to use go to slash social pros that's slash social pros to learn more about our friends from yext and those this week the show is brought to you by emma uh, emma did a really interesting research project of their own all about calls to action so what color submit button makes the most sense? What, what should you say in the submit button? It's called why we click the psychology behind a great call to action. Really interesting stuff. They're giving it away for free. Go to myemma.com slash click. That's my E-M-M-A, myemma.com slash click.
2: Adam. Thank you, Jay. Eric, it, it's great to have you uh, on the show. Eric Sweeney, senior director of fan engagement for one of the coolest companies, I think, in the whole wide world, Funimation. Now, we were talking a little bit earlier, Eric, that you know, I think you're, you're, you're fairly new to Funimation. Uh, they've been there since August. Is that what you said? Right? That's correct. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess, but again, it's like dog years. You probably multiply by, by seven. But what, <laughs> what an amazing job. And I think people would love to know, uh, and we kind of call this the origin story of our, of our weekly podcast, how you kind of got to find this job, a job that was in a way so in line with, with your passions and those of your wife, which again, is so important. Um, <laughs> yeah. How did you get to this job in Dallas, Texas, USA?
3: Sure. So I'm a Dallas native, so I will be uh, Texan through and through throughout this origin story, but um, my background is actually mostly on the agency side. So I've worked at digital agencies like Rapp, uh Temerlin McLean and Rockfish. Um, and keep in mind Rockfish as we move forward. But uh, after Rockfish, I uh, actually started a social analytics practice at a traditional marketing research firm called Mark Research. Uh, from there, I was invited to join a startup, uh, which is called Mutual Mind. And I ran their product as well as their marketing. And Mutual Mind is a social analytics product. So I've been doing a lot of, uh, social analytics and data attribution and strategy. Um, And then actually, our head of creative here at Funimation um, called me up one day and said, hey, we've got this role. We've been trying to fill it. Uh, Do you know anyone who might be interested? And I looked at the role and said, yes, me. So (laughs) that's how uh, I got into this role. Um, So I can't say that I had some enormous anime origin story, but a lot of digital origin story uh, that got me to where I am today.
2: Now, if you ask a, a lot of people in the traditional broadcast world, you know, they would say that Twitter has been the most important platform for them, um, you know, with 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 kind of the third screen and real time uh, tweeting and things like that. I'm curious if, if you found one or even two social media platforms to be kind of that it platform for those who consume uh, and enjoy and talk about anime.
3: Well, I'll give you three. Um, I talked about two of them earlier, which are Tumblr and Reddit. Um, Tumblr, because it is such an image-driven platform, and we have beautiful images to work with, all the amazing art from our shows, um, we love how those play on Tumblr. And even more so, we have incredible GIFs that we can create from those shows, Um, and we are always trying to be a part of the language of GIF uh, and give as many GIFs as we can to the community. Because there are so many moments from these shows that people identify with or feel the same way about. um, And they use them as their reaction when or this today I learned. and They use them in memes all the time. Um, Reddit is also an amazing platform for anime fans. Uh, both to connect about news regarding anime and manga and also to discuss shows as they air. Uh, So there are literal threads on uh, our anime, which is the biggest uh, anime subreddit. Uh, For a lot of the shows, each episode has its own thread where people discuss that episode, sometimes in real time. Um, So we love interacting on those platforms. And then I think the third for us is Instagram because Instagram, again, is an image-driven platform. It's also a video-driven platform, and these micro-videos that we can create and share via that platform are really powerful because um, they often communicate um, the very thing we want to say in in little snippets, Um, and they're often really arresting so they get past the scrolling behavior and you stop on an amazing, gorgeous piece of work from uh, an anime Uh, or an amazing cosplay or a clip or GIF or a video that we have from one of our recent shows. So those platforms are actually really fascinating to me. We still do a lot uh, with with, uh, with Facebook and we still do a lot with Twitter. Um, We have very strategic agreements with both of them. Um, And particularly there, we're trying to get our content shared on those platforms. So we're using Twitter's native video player. I think you'll see us using Periscope more often. Um, And then Facebook's native video player, as well as Facebook live video. Um, All of these are accessible to us as great ways to reach out to our fans, not just in a text and picture kind of way, but in a real time video kind of way.
1: Eric, I wanted to ask you about Reddit. Do you have somebody from your team who is specifically assigned to that channel or individual uh, subcategories with, within there and say, look, I'm the representative of this brand. I'm the representative of Funimation. Uh, do you sort of have a, a personality presence that represents the company in that channel?
3: You know... We talked earlier about the BS meter, and in Reddit, uh, I think it's even higher, if that's even a possibility. Um, So we don't do a lot of active promotion as Funimation, the brand, or active community management as Funimation, the brand, because it's not our community. Um, It's owned by the fans. It belongs to them. Um, We certainly use both paid and organic media to get news out into that community, uh, and share to that community. And then sometimes we'll hop on there as our own selves, as individuals, um, but what we want is for the community uh, to run that channel and to enjoy that channel. If we start to look like we're trying to take over, um, it's a very thin line to cross, um, but it's one that can really turn off our fans. Um, you know, Contrast that to our Facebook page where we know that's kind of our outpost And so we do a lot of response and dialogue there as Funimation um, to try to help uh, fans that are having issues with the streaming platform or to share content that's just really, really um, reshareable. All of those memes like National Puppy Day, National Cat Day, you know, we participate in all of those because there's always a moment from anime that resonates there. So um, with Reddit, we see that as a place owned by the community that we want to enrich versus some of our own communities, such as our Facebook page or even our on-site forum.
2: I want to go back a little bit, Eric, on, on two things you mentioned. Right then, you're talking kind of about the sensitivity of, of your audience and, and trying to be considerate of, of, of that. I'm curious, um, based upon something else you said, which was that you go look at a demographic breakdown, and there isn't anime lovers as a you know, known you know, designated market. You know, but, but the fact that you've mentioned that that people who are like anime are also into video gaming, is probably a, a a large segment of of millennials and and gen Xers, groups that are very, very valuable to a, a lot of marketers. i I can confess that i'm I'm a twitch fan and have watched and you see the ads that that play on it. Do you get approached Eric from advertisers and marketers to try to do any cross promotions or anything like that? Or is that something that the Funimation has said, listen, no, uh, we're, we're, we're not going to, or, or, or have you suck, seeked out and found places where that was really successful?
3: Absolutely, we do those partnerships, uh, both organically and in paid ways. Uh, I'll talk about the latter one first. So Ford recently did a commercial for the Ford Fusion that used content directly from Dragon Ball Z because when uh, Goku and Vegeta fuse, uh, it was inspiring for their commercials. So we actually handled that licensing. Um, And we uh, were the broker between uh, uh, between Toei uh, Studio in Japan, and with the actual uh, Ford team. But then we also do it in organic ways. So around Halloween, a YouTuber named Michelle Fun, who is an amazingly huge uh, makeup tutorial, uh, and honestly a fashion brand now uh, uh, YouTuber, uh, she wanted to do a, a makeup that was inspired by one of our titles called Tokyo Ghoul. So we actually worked directly with her and Justin managed this relationship so well um, to provide her with clips from the show, with actual home, Blu-rays, home video product that she could give away. And we actually even provided her her own landing page for if anyone wanted to come subscribe, they could get an extra long free trial if they came from that video. And actually, if you search for Tokyo Ghoul Michelle Phan, you'll still find that same link is up if you want to go get an extra long free trial.
1: That's pretty fantastic. And she does have an un- unbelievable audience. Yeah. Uh, just an extraordinary, extraordinary group. Um, one of the things that uh, we want to cover in our other show, our sister show, Influence Pros. If you like the Social Pros podcast, you will absolutely love the Influence Pros podcast hosted by Heidi Sullivan from Cision and Todd Cameron from Tap influence.
3: Yeah, Aaron, I'm looking forward to listening to that one because we do a ton of work with influencers, both organic and paid. Um, and it's amazing how many influencers, their doors open when you talk about anime.
1: Yeah, I'll bet. We should get you on that show to talk about that specific part of it or, or one of the folks on your team to, to drill yeah. down on the influencer piece that I'll, uh, I'll have our, our production staff follow up with you on that. You are a longtime listener of the show, Eric. I appreciate that very much. And so you know the two questions that we ask all the guests on this program now in our fifth year at the Social Pros Podcast. The first one is, what one tip would you give somebody who is looking to become a social pro?
3: Yeah, I think a lot of people, especially when they look at content like anime, they think that they need to be an anime fan first. Um, You Being an anime fan really helps, but for any social endeavor, the first thing, the biggest tip I can give is, you need to be a business uh, head and a marketer head first. Uh, I always say that I think the social team should be the smartest strategist in the room. Uh, You have to be responsible for taking a very squishy thing called social media and turning it into a very hard result like ROI, Um, and it's a big responsibility. Uh, To do that while respecting massive fan groups, while giving them experiences they love, to turn that all the way around to ROI and stick the landing is not easy. So being a strategist first and then being a fan second um, is really powerful and important when you're going to be a social pro um, and take a brand into these channels where their fans are.
1: And that was fantastic. I really love that. That's one of the best answers we've ever had to that question. (laughs)
3: Well, thanks. I strategically thought about it beforehand.
1: <laughs> it, it shows. Following his own <laughs> advice. <laughs> Following his own advice. I love it. Uh, the last question for Eric Swain, who is the senior director fan engagement at Funimation. If you could do a Skype call with any living person, who would it be?
3: You know, being a listener, I thought about this question for a while because I think there are about. A list of about 10 different YouTubers I'd love to spend uh, an hour each with to just talk about how they built who they are Um, on that list would be uh, a guy like Destin Sandlin he runs a YouTube channel called smarter every day I love it because he's uh, what what's now called a science explainer but he takes amazing videos explaining these awesome scientific concepts and I geek out on that but he's built this enormous community around that. Uh, Michelle Phan would easily be on that list because she's taken something as innocent seeming as a makeup tutorial and turned it into really a ginormous personal brand. Um, and probably the last one would be the YouTubers uh, known as Rhett and Link. Um, you can find them at Rhett and Link uh, on YouTube. But they not only have used their friendship to create awesome viral videos um, and do it in a reliable way, which is hard enough but they launch their own basically a daily TV show. So they have Good Mythical Morning every morning. Um, And I love how they interact with the community and create something that I want to come back to every day um, and keep that energy up every single day. Uh, I think it's a lot of lessons we have to learn with our own social communities.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. We'll make sure to link some of those up. And no doubt, I mean, I used to do a, a three or four times a week, three-minute show, uh, and that was that was tricky enough, uh, doing, doing a, a daily show like that uh, on the internet with video, longer form. Uh, people don't realize just how hard that is. It's impressive.
3: Yeah, and none of what we do happens without the incredible team uh, that I get to work with, uh, and uh, especially the ones you see in front of the camera, but even the ones you don't get to see. Uh, we're all fans. We're all uh, really invested in bringing fans an amazing experience. And it. I personally feel a lot of responsibility to our fans to to bring something to them that they can enjoy. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think we get that we 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 hear that in the way you answer questions that that. Um, that you do feel that responsibility because you are essentially taking care of somebody's passion mm-hmm. and that is a different relationship between the brand and the fans and you as a, uh, as a marketer and community uh, professional than, than you would have if you were selling nails right or <laughs> watering cans. Not that Brad Walters from Lowe's isn't great. He is. He's an amazing amazing uh, marketer, but it's different, right? Nobody's like you know going to nails conventions unless you're in the hardware business.
3: Yeah, we've been pretty deliberate around here to talk about we don't have customers or users, we have fans. Yeah. Um, I would argue that every business has fans. Maybe there's a book title in there somewhere for you, Jay. But I think <laughs> that you know we have to think of every single one of our fans, even of the shows that are way, way down on our list. They're just as passionate about that show as they are about Dragon Ball Z.
1: Yeah, TV's the same way, right? I mean, even even things that get canceled, somebody's bummed. Absolutely, May not be a lot of people, but somebody's bummed.
3: And we hear from every single one of our fans at every single level asking questions that I have no clue about sometimes because they're asking about very esoteric titles. But we want to give them as much as we can, as much as we give the ones of, that are fans of our big shows.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. I love it. Eric, thanks so much for taking the time to be on the show. Fantastic to have you on Social Pros. Appreciate you being a longtime listener and a good friend as well. Congratulations uh, on all the amazing work uh, you're doing at Funimation. We're we're really excited
3: about, uh, about your take on it. Great. Thank you, Jay. It's just such an honor to be on this. I really
1: appreciate it. Absolutely. Our pleasure to have you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was a spectacular episode of Social Pros. I think you will agree, one of my favorites in a long, long time. Uh, Next week on the show, uh, we will have Eric Fisher, who is the Community Manager for Social Media Examiner uh, and Social Media Marketing World, the Big Bafo Conference. I will be there, uh, as I always am, coming up soon. so We're going to talk about uh, how he handles his job in the social media world. Uh, Until then, I am Jay Baer from Convince & Convert. He is my special Texas friend, Adam Brown from Salesforce Marketing Cloud. And this, my friends, has been Social Pros.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Social Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to socialpros.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Social Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Emma, Salesforce Marketing Cloud, and by Yext and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Social Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.